everyone. Hi, I'm Lawrence Batangan, and I want to welcome everyone here. Welcome, family. All right. Then before we get to the word, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning that we get to gather together to, to hear your word, Father. And thank you, God, for your spirit that's upon us. Father, just have your way in this meeting. Speak to our hearts. Help us to understand how much you love us so that we can live holy lives to, and to, to live a life to please you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So the title of my message today is called Lethal Weapon. And you'll see, uh, uh, later on, you'll see why I, I titled our message Lethal Weapon. And before we start, I would like, to, I'd like to, you, for you to understand that as I speak today, I want to let you know that God loves you. He intimately and deeply loves you. He cares for you. He cares for you deeply. Jesus loved you so much that even before you heard about his name, Jesus died for you so that you can be free. That is so amazing, you know, when you think about that. When you, and also when you love someone, you tell them the truth. I want what God wants for you. God is our maker. He knows what makes us tick and what makes us happy. So you always want to, so we always want to hear what, what, uh, what God has for us. And he loves you so much that he wants to speak truth into you. He wants you to uh, find freedom and to live a life that pleases God. So please keep that in mind as I speak about our scripture today. And that goes to, and, that, and our scripture is on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And it says, <clears throat> Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. As we have taught you, you live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such things as we have suddenly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by this, these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So if you can see the passage in this passage, the main theme or the main idea of this passage is to live to please God. And Paul is specifically talking to believers. He's talking to Christians. And Paul is telling us that God wants us to be holy and stay away from all sexual sin. Okay. Everyone say all. Yes, amen. Okay. And Paul's telling us uh, in, in, uh, uh, in verse 3, let's go back to that. It says, God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. So why is Paul specifically telling us to stay, to stay away from all sexual sin? It's because the devil has a, has a strategy to destroy us. And we can see that in Ephesians 6. 
<clears throat> Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. I want us to hone into the word strategies there. Let's look at that word strategy. And that means a developed method, a well thought out plan. So the devil has devised up these plans against you. He has a game plan set to destroy you. Now think of it like a, a, like a general of an army. The general of an army will not just send his soldiers out to war and expect to win without a game plan or without a plan, without a strategy of attack. Or like a professional coach of a, uh, of a sports team. The, the coach spends hours and hours of thinking of a game plan and he has his team practice whatever his game plan they have in order for them to have the best chances of winning in, in their game. So the devil has weapons formed against you. And one of those weapons is sexual sin. And that is why Paul is talking about that in our scripture today. And I believe not all of us are stuck in a revolving door of sexual sin, but I know all of, some of us are dealing with other sin that are, that are difficult for us to get free from. And we, we can apply that in what I'm talking about today. So please don't hear my words out of shame. No shame is being spoken here. And I want to encourage us, all of you, to bring, uh, uh, I want to encourage us so that we can bring, the, I want to bring this message to you out of love. And God loves you, but he hates the sin. He hates anything that damages and slaves and, da uh, and hurts and degrades us. He wants us free. He wants all of us free. God wants us free. And he will tell you the truth so that you and all of us can be free. And I want to allow to show you the damaging effects of what sexual sin and addictions and sins of any kinds can do to us. And I created a list. And the first one is says, it grieves the heart of God. It hardens our heart. In, in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 3, it says, sin hardens your heart. Sin separates us from having intimate fellowship with God. And also in Isaiah, chapter uh, uh, 50, 59, verse 2, says, You distance yourself from God. This also steals our strength. In, in Psalms, the psalmist wrote, Sin has drained my strength. This degrades people who are made in the image of God. It hurts those who are in relationship with us. People that are close to you or people that you work with, they will feel betrayed and they will feel that trust has been broken. If continued, the sin will sear your, con your conscience. Our conscience will be seared. And we'll be able to just go into the sin without any remorse or, any, or without a regret if we, if we continue to have that sin in our life. It leads, leads us to slavery. In John chapter 8, it says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, of sin. And in Romans 6, says, Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Now, I would also think what, how the enemy is or the devil is. He's like a hunter. He's setting out traps for, for us to fall into. And when, when we fall into that trap, then, he, then we become his prey and, that, and we get stuck. The next one goes, it causes us to use people and to see sex as self-serving 
rather than sacred. And it's very important for us to understand that. And it creates a massive amount of shame, alters what we find attractive, and it robs us of time. And the last one says, it leads us to worse complications. And in John, Jesus, when Jesus was uh, talking to the man that, that he healed from blindness in the temple, he, he went up to him and said, now you are well, so soul, stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. So the good news about that I want to share with you is Jesus died so that we, all of us, can be free from enslavement of sin. Isn't that good news? And here's scripture. I want to share with you two scriptures that, that we and we can be free, and you will be free. All of us will be free from this revolving door of sin. And in Titus 2.14, it says, He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his, own, his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. And in Romans 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power over our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And that good news that we, and we will be free from that. Now, how do we, I want to share, how, how do we get free from, from sexual sin, addictions, anger, or whatever things that's, that's uh, going in our lives? And here, here it is. Here's the key factor to getting free from, uh, from, from what's happening here. Is you got to know what is your motivation. What is your motivation? What is your prayer? What is our prayer? What are we saying to God so that in order for us to get free? Are we asking God to set us free from sexual sin because people are upset with us? Or are we thinking that what would happen to me because I got caught? Or, you, you might be, uh, or we might be losing our job or our house, or we feel bad because we got caught. What is your heart? What is, what is your heart cry? What is your prayer? And I want to help guide you in, in our thought life, uh, in our thinking, in order for us to have the right motivation so that we can be free from sexual sin and any sins that, that's, that's uh, in our life. And that we can find that in, in our next scripture, in 2 Corinthians. And it says... For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There is no regret from that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. Now I want us to look at the word salvation there. Now in the Greek, that word salvation, the Greek word is, is uh, soteria, and salvation means healing, soundness of mind, and deliverance. So salvation doesn't mean that we get to go to heaven. Salvation is for this life, right here, right now. It brings healing. Soundness of mind brings deliverance. Now there's two sorrows, what I showed you. There's a godly sorrow and a worldly sorrow. Both are real. Both are genuine. Both are real sorrows that people go through. But the difference is one produces deliverance, godly sorrow, and the other produces death, worldly sorrow. And I want to illustrate that with, uh, with uh, these two different people here, two kings. One is King Saul in the Old Testament. When King Saul, he, he disobeyed God, he sinned, and then the prophet confronted him about his sin. Then Saul, you know, uh, he blamed his people, he made excuses, 
He didn't admit that he, 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 didn't admit that he, he, uh, he committed a sin. And then finally, he admitted it, that he had sinned. Then he tells Samuel, he says, Samuel, honor me in front, of my, in front of my leaders. Honor me in front of my people. So in other words, what Saul is telling Samuel, to, uh, what Samuel is, Samuel, you have embarrassed me. So the focus of his sorrow was on himself. So worldly sorrow focuses on yourself, ourselves. And it's like, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my position in ministry? Am I going to lose my home, my job? Uh, you know, like that. It's all about us. And then let's look at King David now. King David, he committed adultery. He, he murdered the woman's, wife, uh, woman's husband to cover up his adultery. Then the prophet Nathan confronted David about his sin. Then this is how David was. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. Then he falls on his face for seven days, not caring of what other people thought about him. And here's his heart cry. He says, he goes, you hear his heart in, in, in uh, Psalms 51. It says, against you, he's talking to God, against you, you only have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you see the difference there with, uh, with David and Saul. David's focus is, his sorrow is on God. Godly sorrow focuses on God. It's like, I have hurt the heart of the one I love so much. I hurt the heart of God who I love so much. So I have hurt God's heart. I hurt others, uh, other people's heart. So that godly sorrow will produce repentance that will lead us to deliverance. Now let me ask you again. What is your motivation? What is our motivation to be free? Is it about ourselves? Worldly sorrow? I got caught. People are mad at me. I'm going to lose my job. Or I can, you know, I can talk to you for hours and hours about this. And if you do not have the godly sorrow and you have that worldly sorrow and if you still want to keep that uh, sin within your life, you will, we, we will not be free from it. But if... We, we change our hearts and have our, uh, our motivation, have a different motivation. If your number one motivation to be free is to, and it's the hurting God's heart, then you will find freedom. If our motive is we are hurting our spouse, our family, the people that we're close to, if we have that godly sorrow, we will find freedom. And I want to encourage you with this. I want to put a charge in you, in all of us, so we can find freedom. You don't, you just, we just don't live for ourselves. We live for other people. When our, when our purpose or destiny in life is all about uh, ourselves and not for other people, then we don't have God's purpose in, in, in our mind because the goal is to lay down our life for other people. When you get self-centered, you, you, you talk about, uh, you're taking away the promises of other people that's in your life. You're not leading them into their promised land. I believe we are a catalyst of other people's destiny. Without us being strong, they are not going to be. They will not be. They will not be able to reach the promised land or their destiny or their purpose in life. And it's great that we sang those songs. It's in line with what I'm talking about, because when we stand against, when we stand, those giants will fall. And our your person of victory will become a corporate covering. That means your family and the people you're leading will have freedom and they will have blessings 
Just like when David killed Goliath, his victory was, not, was a victory for the whole nation. Now we must beat the giants that are assigned to us. If we don't, then it's left to our children to take care of that giant. If we don't beat that giant in our land, it will be a giant in their land. If you don't beat the, the, the sexual sin, your addictions, your problems, your issues, your children will inherit that thing that you were supposed to drive out, that you were supposed to stand up against. If you drive it out, your children will inherit your victory. Amen? Now, I want to remind you that you have a weapon that is far greater than what the, the, what the devil has, his schemes and his weapons. And that is using, that, that, that the devil wants to use against us. We have a greater weapon, and that is the word of God, God's word. And that's why I, would, that's why I titled my message, Lethal Weapon. Isn't, the enemy's weapon is lethal, but our weapon, God's word, is much greater than his. And I have several scriptures that I want to show you. In Isaiah 54, 17, it says, that no weapons formed against you shall prosper. In 2 Corinthians 10, it says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasonings and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. In Ephesians 6, it says, Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. These are our weapons. Now we have a mass array of weapons that God has provided for us so that we can live victorious lives. Use those mighty weapons. Use these weapons that God has for us so that we can live to honor God, to make disciples in Micronesia and beyond. Now, you're going to ask, how do we use these weapons? We, we got God's Word. How do we use God's Word as a weapon? Now, like any weapon, in order for it to be lethal, we have to, it has to be used. A weapon is useless if it's still in the shelf. A weapon has no, no use if it's still in its, in its sheath. Now, to make God's words lethal, we have to use it. We have to apply it in our lives. Now, if, if we go back to our scripture in 2 Corinthians 7.10, it says, For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin, and results in salvation. Godly sorrow leads us to deliverance. So apply that. If you apply that, if you have that godly sorrow, then then you will have breakthrough. Then you will have that uh, uh, freedom in your life. In Romans 12, uh, uh, 12.2, it says, Do not, or Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's about repentance. Have a renewed mind. Repentance not, is just not asking, I'm sorry for my sins. That's not what repentance is all about. It's also having a renewed mind. Changing the way you think. And a great way to, to apply repentance is when you catch it in mid-thought. When you see the temptation, you catch it in mid-thought and you repent from that. And you change your thoughts and you're not going upon that. Now if you surrender your mind to God, He will change your life. And the last scripture in Proverbs 8.21 It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Apply that. We have power in our words. This is like the songs that we sang. When, uh, miracles break out when we speak. What, what powerful words is that? Wow. And, and we have power. And, we have, uh, and when we speak life into ourselves, like, I'm, thank you, God, for delivering me from this 
uh, from the sin. Thank you, God, that I'm no longer a part of this. Thank you, God, that I'm, a, I'm made new. I'm a new child. Thank you, God. And you can even put death to that. Like, this sin is disgusting. I, I don't like it. This it, it, it tastes bad. And this is disgusting. It's horrible. Speak, speak that over yourself. And, as I, and, and uh, that reminds me of the testimony of Joyce Meyer. If you don't know who she is, she's an author of many Christian books. She's a well-known speaker, and she's a Bible teacher. Her and her husband, they were smokers. They've been smokers for years and years and years. And they, needed, they wanted deliverance. They wanted to be free from that addiction. So what they did, they got prayed over. They asked for prayer. They, they, they both got prayed. Her husband got freed just like that. No longer, like, uh, no longer needed the use of it. But Joyce Meyer, different story. She was still had that uh, addiction in her life. So it's like, what do I do, Lord? Then what she did, she got the word of God. And then she started to speak that, apply it in her life. Like in Proverbs 18.21, she spoke that into her. She would, uh, she would climb in the back of the car, she would lay down in the back seat, and she would, like, she would just speak it. Thank you, God, that I'm no longer addicted to cigarettes. Thank you, God, that, this is this, that, that I'm free from the cigarettes. Over and over, she would speak that over her, speaking life. So speak life over yourself. And she would also say, this, this cigarette is disgusting. I don't like the taste of this. This hurts me. This is disgusting. All in the while, when she's in the back seat of her car. And sometimes she said, with a cigarette in her, in her hand. And then eventually, she had her breakthrough. Then she was free, no longer able to, uh, no longer uh, willing to, 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 to smoke. Now, I share a testimony. Testimonies are powerful. When you hear testimonies, that should encourage you. Like, if she got delivered from that, I can be delivered from this. And that's why I share testimonies. That's why uh, uh, the testimonies are powerful also. So here's the application as I come to your close. Okay? Have godly sorrow. Apply God's word in your, in your life. Those are your powerful weapons, God's word. He's a God that does not lie. His word does not come back void. And he's a God of integrity. What he says in his word... He will do. So just apply it in your life. Apply it. Trust in Him that He is good. Repent. Surrender your mind to God and He will change your life. Okay. As we come to a close, uh, I'd like us to stand up as an uh, act of faith. And I'll, I'll pray over us. And uh, just like what we sang, <laughs> it's so wonderful that we sang that song, Champion. That's my song. <laughs> Bless, bless, I'm so blessed. Now let's stand, let's act of faith to, to defeat the giants that, that, that's, that's been assigned to us. And if you want to receive freedom, and if you're going through struggles in your life, and you want God's uh, blessings and to be free from that, then just go ahead and raise out, reach out your hand. And uh, uh, it's no magic into, you know, when you just raise, reach out your hand, it's no magic in that, but what it is, you're posturing yourself, you're posturing your heart to receive from God. And that's what, uh, what, what, uh, what we're doing. And, and thank you, God. Let me just pray over you for that. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for your word, your mighty word that you delivered us. Thank you, Father, for you love us, that you taught us the truth, and the truth has, shall, shall set us free through you, Lord Jesus. And what you have done upon the cross, you paid everything upon the cross. You, everything has been paid for upon the cross. And thank you, God, for the deliverance that, that's happening right now. Mm. Father, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you, God, as you have sang over us, that you are our champion. You are our champion. As we stand, giants fall. 
I declare that over us in the name of Jesus. These words just came to me this morning. I, I, I feel it for our service, in the previous service, and I feel it here. And on, also for the people who are online, that here's a word that, that God has given to me to, to, for, for us to be free. That today is, today is the day for your breakthrough. A new beginnings. This is the day for new beginnings for you. New beginnings. That you are a new wineskin. The old wineskin is gone. Now God's going to pour in a new wine unto you. And that you are the container of the new wineskins. That, that you'll be overflowing with his blessings. Father, we thank you that we are sanctified. That we are born again. And Father, thank you that you're doing a new thing for each and every one of us. And that you have delivered us from the things from our past. That, that is no longer us. And I declared over us that our mind is renewed. We are totally sanctified and healed and delivered in the name of Jesus because you care for us and you love us and you're always passionately pursuing after us. And that's your heart because you are love. And Father, we thank you right now for all those who are, who, who are seeking breakthrough. I declare that this is the day for their breakthrough. And I declare that those sins are broken off of each and every one of them and each and every one of us. And that, 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 that sin will no longer have, a, uh, have access in their lives. We close those doors upon their lives right now in the name of Jesus. That is not a revolving door. We destroy that right now in the name of Jesus. Today is the day of your breakthrough. You have that new beginning. And we thank you, God, and declare that over each and every one of us and everyone that's in online. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. So I want to bless you uh, and God keep you and uh, release you. For, uh, have a great Sunday and God loves you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sagittarius.